The Voices of Search podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything podcast network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. Bridge Toll, California, customer service number. Highway miles to the gallon, Ford Focus. Thailand Cave Rescue Operation. What is Schema F? Best wine bars in San Carlos, California. Best Western hotels. How old is Ronaldo? What happened with Big Brother? What's a good engagement? How long before a wedding should I send out save the dates? Use IMAP to check email on other email clients. Identify fonts from where to find the Welcome to the Voices of Search podcast. I'm your host, Benjamin Shapiro, and today we're going to talk to a world-renowned SEO strategist who is known for getting his clients to outrank bigger and better funded competitors. Joining us today is Deepak Shukla, who is the founder of Pearl Lemon, which is an award-winning agency based in London that leverages a distributed team of SEO nerds to draw upon the best talent in the world. And today, Deepak and I are going to talk about link building strategies in the 2020s and decide if link building is dead. And this podcast is also sponsored by Ahrefs. What if I told you that you could monitor your website's SEO health, backlinks, and organic rankings at no costs? Sounds too good to be true? Well, it's not. Because my friends at Ahrefs just launched Ahrefs Webmaster Tools. Ahrefs' new Webmaster Tools product quickly helps you improve your site's visibility by pointing solutions to over 100 technical issues that might be holding your search performance down. Plus, AWT monitors for backlinks so you'll know the most linked to pages and how those links are affecting your rankings, and AWT shares what keywords your website ranks for and compares how you stack up against competitors for key metrics like search volume, keyword difficulty, and traffic value. Look, monitoring your website used to require multiple expensive tools. And now, thanks to Ahrefs, that's not the case anymore because AWT will help you monitor your SEO health, backlinks, and keywords for free. And no, it's not one of those 14-day free trial offers. It's a powerful site audit tool that will keep working for you for free. So check out Ahrefs Webmaster Tools at ahrefs.com slash A-W-T. That's A-H-R-E-F-S dot com slash A-W-T. All right, on with the show. Here's my conversation with Deepak Shukla, founder at Pearl Lemon. Deepak, welcome to the Voices of Search podcast. Good to be here, Ben. It's always embarrassing when you hear a bio that's said out loud about yourself. So let's quickly as we can move it on to the good stuff. Don't be embarrassed. If you got something good going on, you should be happy about telling people about it. And if it weren't true, we wouldn't have said it. You run an amazing agency and you've worked with some some really astounding clients and you are a world-renowned SEO strategist. Tip your hat. We're happy to have you here. Thank you, sir. You can replace my therapist, certainly. Let's do it. Well, you know, we are part back scratching, part podcast. And today, let's get on to the SEO part of the podcast. I want to talk to you a little bit about a hot topic in the 2020s, link building. One of the oldest, you know, most tried and true SEO strategies, get other people to write about you, talk about you and link to your website. And Google starts building your domain authority. But Google's getting better at understanding the context and content within articles. Sometimes you might not even need a link. Talk to me about whether link building is actually important in today's modern world of SEO. 
Absolutely. I think that the word link building is a bit of a reframe. Link building, I think, is outdated to the extent that it almost more traditionally refers to a little bit of the spammy type tactics where people will ceaselessly put a load of maybe admin or contact app emails into an automation tool and then spam everybody saying, hey, I'd love to feature on your blog and uh, here's some kind of sample titles, which or and or build manual links. Relationship building is really the stuff that I think that is the way to look at the building of links. So when I say relationships, I mean, it's your ability to establish a really valid reason for appearing on someone's publication, whatever medium that's in. And that is something that certainly I think is actually the backbone of how some of the most successful websites build links. And in that space, when you build solid relationships, I mean, there's plenty of ways that you can actually ethically build links as opposed to spamming, spraying and praying, or paying, (laughs) which is probably the combination that people look towards. So I think that the concept here is that link building is tied to authority, reputation. And knowing that that was sort of a blanket signal for Google, how many links you had and who was linking to you was one of the factors that went into how Google decided to prioritize your domain against your competitors. Absolutely. First off, is that still the case? Does Google look at how many links you have multiplied by the domain authority from those links? Uh, You know, maybe it's a little bit more complicated than that, but is Google still looking at links as a authority factor, a domain ranking factor, in your opinion? I think that the important point within that sometimes gets lost, that whilst there's debate over how heavily Google places a weighting upon, as you said, number of links and domain authority and looking at those in terms of raw numbers, assuming that we fall upon the backbone of relationship building, I think it's safe to assume that it is, because why not assume that, okay, my role is to ethically get as many high quality links as possible. And when you work in that vein, well, of course, you're going to be safe. It's, it, the, the problem is, is that when people kind of lose creativity and go for the spray and pray or pay method. And that's really, I think, the bigger problem. Yeah, I hear what you're saying in the sense of if you have a real relationship with another publisher, a brand, whether you have the link or not, if you're working together in a digital capacity, the thought is Google can figure that out. And now the question is, does the link actually matter Take this podcast as an example. We have a relationship now. You've been a guest on my podcast. We're practically brothers. Yeah. Right. You come to the wedding. Actually, we've already had the wedding, but, you know, we'll have you to a bar mitzvah or something. Yeah. And Google can sniff that relationship out because they understand the guest list of all of my invites. I'm obviously kidding there. But when I publish your podcast on my website, if I don't have a link, but I'm talking about Deepak Shukla from Pearl Lemon, Google should be able to infer that. Now, that brings the question of why does the link matter? If I'm writing about you, do I actually need direction to an individual page? doesn't matter anymore. Sure. I think in the ideal world, we would assume that that's correct. But there's so many variables, I think, that that's predicated upon. So that in, in our instance, that would be factually correct that you know, Ben Shapiro, the voice of search, Deepak Shukla, Pearl Lemon are entities that Google recognizes because they've got their own established, probably person schema, organizational schema. They've got their established footprint, if you will, online. That becomes more challenging, I think, when you have an uneven 
matchup of entities. I think it becomes more problematic when we're working, as you said, upon the assumption that Google semantically recognizes that and thereby passes attribution. It's something that I think is really, again, up for as instances, of course. And there's lots of examples for it. I think that if you look at the amount of, for example, times at companies such as it might be like HubSpot or TechCrunch or Huffington Post, if you look at certain sites that are in similar industries, maybe Mashable and the Huffington Post, I think, or Social Media Examiner are better examples. If you look at the amount of times that they reference each other with direct link exchanges, Copy Blogger, I think, is another one. There's actually hundreds of link exchanges that are happening and they've helped with each other's growth. So whilst I think that what you're saying or what the community says, there's a certain truth to it. There's many examples of companies explicitly linking to each other that have, I think, been a factor in their growth. So the data, I think, is definitely up for debate. And again, we're assuming that Google will do all of the work, but because of those variables about the entity and the trajectory, I think it's if two people are on a blog, there's a legitimate reason, for example, where there's a legitimate reason to reference each other, and to provide a link, I think that it makes sense. And I think that the practical, and this is talking for someone as, you know, who runs an agency, you know, I would never not take that opportunity to say, hey, Ben, you came over onto my podcast. I'll give you a link back. And that actually opens up a whole other heap of relationships because we spoke about relationships and, you know, the partnership that we would form. But when we also then take this example of this podcast that we're on, a good example of then ethically using this as a way to build additional links, I might then have a look at anything else that Voice of Search or Venture Hero is connected to, and then start outreaching to all of those people saying, hey, and that's where it starts to become really interesting. Yeah. And I, I think you run into problems, for example, trying to figure out the semantic relationship. You mentioned that Google probably has their person graph. Well, not all people have unique names. Right. I happen to have a name that is the exact same as another podcaster. And so when you talk about being on Ben Shapiro's podcast and Google has to interpret which Ben Shapiro, right, there might be some confusion or some loss there. What the links provide you is certainty of one domain transferring some sort of authority or recognition to another one. So, yeah, sure, Google is getting better at interpreting the content of any given page, but a link provides you with an established way of giving them a firm direction of how you want to assign value from your website to someone else's. It's more of a commitment than just writing about a given topic. Absolutely. Time for a one minute break to hear from our sponsor, Previsible. So you're looking for SEO help and you got a couple of options. You could start replying to spam from agencies that claim they can get you to rank number one on Google. You can pay an hourly rate for a consultant who will inevitably nickel and dime you with hourly charges. Or you can work with a cookie cutter agency to quickly launch a strategy-less project with low success rate. None of those sound very good, now do they? Well, that's where Previsible's integrated consulting model comes in. Previsible draws from a collective 40 years of SEO and digital marketing experience to unlock your organic growth opportunities. They build custom solutions that combine strategy, technical expertise, content, and reporting to effectively operationalize SEO for your business. Previsible's four-stage approach ensures that your SEO programs thrive by starting off with a strategy-first approach. 
Then they support you in your efforts to create quality content, help you identify technical issues, and most importantly, they'll work with your cross-functional teams to integrate your SEO strategies to make sure that your SEO budget actually drives results, not just your agency's bottom line. So join brands like Yelp, eBay, Canva, Atlassian, Square, all who rely on the SEO consultants at Previsible. For more information, go to previsible.io. That's previsible, P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. Now that said, you mentioned that the spray and pray or pay methods are not effective and can get you into a lot of trouble. So let's talk about what actually works in 2020 when it comes to link buildings. What are some of the strategies that you do recommend? Absolutely. So I think that Broad strokes are those people who do kind of spray, pray, or pay. I mean, there's no definitive way. I'd, I'd assume, I'd say, I assume there's no definitive way for Google to establish the nature behind how someone acquires a link. You know, there's no way that Google can know that Richard slipped Bob 50 bucks under the table. So Google, of course, looks at the nature of those links that are built. And I think that. Unless they're sniffing your Gmail account. Yes. <laughs> Let's use Hotmail, people. But um, I think that certainly. When we look at the way that we build links for clients, a couple of things I think remain important. There's, of course, diversification. And it's really looking at the role pool of the type of links that you can get. And when we talk about types, I like to think of them in terms of buckets. So you've got, for example, of course, guest posts, which is the traditional kind of spray and pray and how personal you want to get. A lot of people, that requires a lot of work, if I'm being honest, I think. And sometimes it's not always that effective. The second element, I think, is to be honest with you, I'm beating around the bush. There's a whole range. Testimonials is a fantastic way to acquire links. So one of the things that we would do at Pearl Lemon, we've got, for example, especially you know, a good example might be if we're working with a company that's got a bit of a brand reputation, whether it's an influencer or the business itself, we'd say, okay, let's identify all of the technology stacks that you actually use from small tools to big tools. And let's look at doing some outreach to where you've seen a result Let's look at doing some testimonials to see if then that they can reference us back. That's one example. Another example is what we've just described here, where you know I appear on a podcast or someone appears on my podcast. We look at that person, then have a look at all of the other publications that person has appeared upon, and then use that as a means for doing outreach and outreaching every, for example, publication that Ben has been on, merely because you and I have a relationship now that I can lean upon if I want to go and potentially appear alongside other people and reference that, hey, I was on Ben's podcast. The third element of it is then a lot of software companies I know, certainly in the startup space, will look at review style content where they'll barter in exchange for access to our, our tool. I think that what I'm trying to get at is I think it's really about being creative and looking at the whole roster of the types of links that are possible to acquire and then having a look at how easily it is for your business and your situation to acquire links and, and working around that as an initial basis. Yeah. And just summarizing some of the things that you said, you know, if I can try to read them back to you is there is the equivalent of guest posting or creating content for somebody else, reviews, testimonials, content production, that's kind of like guest posting, but you're you're on a podcast, you're helping somebody to produce content. I noticed that you didn't have something like directories. 
right? You're not talking about publishing content in on social media. Does user-generated style content have an impact on SEO? Should I be going to Quora and writing posts linking to the MarTech podcast or the Voices of Search podcast in Quora for SEO and MarTech-related content? Do you think that has any value? I think that there's a lot of value in content repurposing. I think that it's a great potential to drive referral traffic and that has an indirect impact, shall we say, on SEO. So a practical example of that might be looking at someone like Gary Vaynerchuk's actually a pretty good example. He produces one long form piece of content, which might be a podcast such as this. You get the transcription, you can add, for example, your person schema and my person schema to a piece of content to semantically link us. We get the transcripts and turn that into some quotables. We then take some of the quotables and repurpose that for different platforms. We pull out 60-second segments and put it onto TikTok, Instagram Reels. And then you create a flurry of social signals, assuming that you've got a good repurposing framework built and you add a little bit of media spend to it. And I'm talking like 50 bucks. 150 bucks, you know, on Facebook, you can spend like a dollar a day on Quora. You can spend $5 a day and Quora is a great platform actually to just, and and that has an impact in that there are strong social signals. There should be a strong driver of referral traffic. You can of course embed some of this content. So I do think that that has a play. I don't think that that should be a primary tactic for someone looking to build links. However, that does give you the opportunity to the potential for virality And then we're talking, of course, the organic acquisition of links. And that's where it becomes interesting. Yeah, it's interesting. And I don't think that there anyone knows this answer other than folks who work at Google, how much Google is able to assign how active you are, what prominence you have on social media networks to what your domain authority is. You know, if I am active on LinkedIn, Twitter, and Facebook, and people are sharing my content on those platforms, does Google ingest that as a signal? If I don't have backlinks, is that enough? If everybody's talking about my content on LinkedIn, is that the equivalent of backlinks or will that build my authority? Obviously, there's no way for us to know without taking a peek under the hood at the big G, but I don't (laughs) think that's happening anytime soon. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think that what, what's interesting you know, about elements such as that is that it does open up a doorway to how far do your relationships extend. And that's what I find crazy in that a lot of people have a lot more relationships than they think. You know, if we think about two degrees of separation, it's anybody who's connected to one person, you know, my connection with me, you, means I could legitimately reach out to people. And just say, hey, I was on Ben's podcast and I noticed that you two did some stuff back in 2019. would love to just connect to see if we can maybe do something together. You know, you pass a list, you look at who's got good domain authority and you rinse and repeat that process using a virtual assistant to identify the connections, the good DAs, a personalized... I mean, we're getting into how to do outreach at scale now, but do it in a fashion that's personalized to actually exponentially build relationships that can drive links or just drive a conversation. And I think that you know, that's what is useful to look at, you know, the lifetime value of working or building a good relationship in terms of a person's ability to make introductions. You know, being honest, I've got friends who I've said, oh, you know, I want to try and get some links because we're growing this new brand. He's like, right, I'll introduce you to Tom, Frank, Richard and Harry. Have a look on their side. They'll happily give you links uh, just because. Why? Because you're a cool dude and I get it. And that's the value that people can generate when they, yeah. 
Yeah. At the end of the day, Google is trying to understand how important a brand is based on the relationships that you have. So actually building those relationships is the way to drive the production of links, whether links are the only way that Google is assigning value or just one of the ways that Google is trying to figure out how they should think of the reputation of your brand. Lots to be discussed or lots to be considered, but I do think that link building still does matter even in the 2020s. And that wraps up this episode of the Voices of Search podcast. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Deepak Shukla, the founder of Pearl Lemon. In part two of this interview, which we'll publish tomorrow, Deepak and I are going to discuss cold email tactics impact on SEO. If you can't wait until our next episode and you'd like to get in touch with Deepak, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact him on Twitter where his handle is DeepakPshukla1, which is D-E-E-P-A-K-P-S-H-U-K-L-A, the number one. Or you could visit his company's website, which is a little easier to spell, PearlLemon.com, P-E-A-R-L-L-E-M-O-N.com. And a special thanks to Previsible for sponsoring this podcast. If you're looking for support with all of your SEO needs, Previsible's integrated consulting model is there for you. They draw on a collective 40 years of SEO and digital marketing experience to help you unlock your organic search and growth opportunities. So join brands like Yelp, eBay, Canva, Atlassian, and Square, all who rely on SEO consultants at Previsible. For more information, go to previsible.io. That's P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. And a special thanks to Ahrefs for sponsoring this podcast. Monitoring your website used to require multiple expensive tools, but that's not the case anymore thanks to Ahrefs because they just launched their Ahrefs Webmaster Tools product, which monitors your SEO health, helps you keep track of your backlinks, and gives you the insight into what keywords are performing for free. So check out Ahrefs Webmaster Tools at ahrefs.com slash A-W-T. That's Ahrefs, A-H-R-E-F-S dot com slash A-W-T. Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, just head over to VoicesOfSearch.com, where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can also send us your topic suggestions, your SEO questions, and you can even apply to be a guest speaker on the Voices of Search podcast. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is Voices of Search on Twitter, and my personal handle is Ben J. Shap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of SEO and content marketing insights in your podcast feed. We're going to publish episodes every day during the work week. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, remember the answers are always in the data.